How should you deal with the enlightened one? Replace him with the true seeker of truth. This is the Yoakam Strength Podcast with me, your host, Austin Yoakam, and producer Marcus Sasson behind the scenes. This quote leads us to our guest today, Matthew Manns. Matt goes as the Sarcadian Man on Instagram and was recommended to us by Dr. Alex Lee, a previous guest on the podcast. Today, Coach Manns takes us down the rabbit holes of the yin and yang approach to training and life. The 7,000-year-old approach to training and how really young our sports performance field is and how we think we kind of have all the answers. And he talks a little bit about vibrations, energy, and why getting sunlight and being outdoors is so important in our training. Really, really enjoyed this one and was thoroughly engaged with all of coaches' ideas, as you'll see in the podcast. A lot of it is what a lot of strength conditioning coaches would be considered woo-woo-y or kind of out there. But when you kind of take the real holistic approach, which coach breaks down as well, the real holistic approach, the real taking a step back, getting out of your box, getting out of the weight room and looking at what it really means to train high performance and what it really means to be a high performing human. A lot of the stuff really starts to make sense. Before we hit the intro music, I wanted to introduce to you guys the Yoakum Strength Insider. The Yoakum Strength Insider is our online training platform that takes all of the ideas that we talk about on this podcast and implements them into a program that is available to you at the touch of your fingers. Our goal with the Yoakum Strength Insider is to create better movers, to level up your life, and to move forward from where you are. We do this in a holistic fashion. Not only will you receive a program that has helped hundreds of people become better movers, you'll also receive access to our app that allows you to track everything, has video links for all exercises, and allows you to be in constant communication with a Yoakum Strength coach. Along with this, you'll get our 30-page PDF nutrition and lifestyle guidelines that includes everything from what to eat, how much of it to eat, why we're eating it, meditation habits, and other lifestyle habits that we implement with our clients to really level up their lives. If you're interested in trying out one of these programs, use Podcast 25 in the discount section right before you pay for 25% off your first program. Thank you guys for listening. Marcus, hit the intro music. Let's do it. Boom. This is the Yoakum Strength Podcast. Take the leap down the rabbit hole with us as we interview elite level guests to unravel what high performance really is. I will coach. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you here. Stoked to be on, brother. Thank you. Yeah, we just uh, we just kind of had like a 30 minute conversation before, kind of geeking out about this one. So, <laughs> so this will be good. We'll get into some rabbit holes here. Nice. Before we do that, do you want to tell the listeners kind of a little bit about where you're at now and kind of how you got to that journey and the the the, the whole process of because I know you were at the Division One level and now you're in the private sector and it seems like a winding pathway to get to where you're at. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I grew up, you know, sports athlete, super interested in a lot of it. And, uh, originally was going, going to go into like physical education and all that, but you know, was a typical, your typical gym rat jock dude. And, uh, you know, really got interested in exercise science was geeking out over Joe DeFranco videos when I was like 15. Oh, we're the was, same that, that was, that's, that was the only stuff out there. This was like before Instagram, before social media. It's really how I taught myself how to like Olympic lift and all that other good stuff that was, you know, made me a better, better athlete. And I was like, all right, this is something I want to study and get better at able uh to dive into a kinesiology program uh d3 football walk-on kind of scrappy scrappy dude and uh landed an internship at syracuse as a as a 
strength conditioning intern and uh, really was a fly on the wall for almost two years, barely spoke, kind of just knew my role, but really like outworked everybody else in the, in the bottom of the totem pole. And eventually, you know, got hired as a, as a part-time guy, eventually as an assistant, eventually as a, as a head strength coach for a number of teams was there for seven years, best freaking experience of, of any, you know, anything you can dream of for, you know, taking, you know, myself in that, putting myself in the, in the, in the 16 year old shoes and in this dream that I had be, you know, be a collegiate strength coach and to, and to ultimately do it was something that was awesome. And, you know, I've always been a very curiously minded person in a way. And I think in just in this profession as well, it's like, it's such a young profession that I think we're ultimately just figuring it out as we go. And we really don't know everything yet. And even the profession itself, it's like, yes, we know it works, but do we know it all? And, you know, I just kept having, you know, just similar kind of going down my own rabbit holes in a way. And I had this urge to just learn more about the body, honestly, and, and to break a little bit of the mold or the box that I was putting myself in, you know, uh, unconsciously or consciously. And I uh, decided that massage therapy or physical therapy was something I wanted to explore more of and jumped out of the collegiate strength and, strength and conditioning world to go into the private sector and then took a year to kind of decide if I wanted to do PT or, or I wanted to do massage therapy. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of a hippie guy from Long Island and, uh, you know, massage therapy is, is obviously like the, the choice I decided to go with. Um, and, you know, I decided to go into a... Uh, uh, full-time, you know, two-year program in uh, New York City. And, you know, first day of class, it's like, you know, what do you guys do for a living? I'm like, you know, people, we go around the classroom. It's like, oh, I'm a Reiki healer. I'm an energy healer. I'm a this, I'm a this. And I'm like, I'm a strength coach. And I was like, <laughs> did not fit in at all. But in, in the back of my head, I'm like, I think I'm in the right place because these, these people are like <laughs> at least alternative thinkers. And I consider myself one. And, uh, you know, so, you know, that's uh, something that I've, been doing for the past two years along with private sector training along with some um holistic health coaching on the side as well um you know the the quarantine put a little bit of, of a a hold a brief hold on my my clinical hours uh we were off for about 10 months so i just restarted i'm about a month away from from graduation um and in reality just the uh, experience to integrate like the ultimate kind of yang that we talk about is like the the, the meathead in the gym sniff sniffing you know, smelling salts and, and deadlifting with a very empathic, um, you know, body worker as a massage therapist. It's something that for me, it's like, it's almost the perfect balance of what my original curiosities were, were, you know, learning more about the body, learning what really this whole entire system, this organism has, uh, you know, a certain way it really organizes and that leads to performance that leads to a higher performance. Uh, and being able to kind of explore both sides of that is something I've super uh, just resonated as as the right decision for me, uh, you know, and, and that's currently where I'm at right now. Yeah, boom. There's a lot to dive into there. Uh, the first, I just want to talk about the Joe DeFranco thing, because that that was like everything of my strength conditioning <laughs> background uh, for like four years of my high like my early high school, college career. It was like Joe DeFranco is my like king. And it was the first time I had seen anybody do anything different. And I think, and I think I varied a lot from the methods now, but it was the first person to kind of spark that curiosity that you mentioned, because before all I had known is Olympic lifts. Like that was the only thing that we were allowed to do at our high school. It's like Olympic lifts, Olympic lifts. And then it's, he's the first guy to 
it's like, oh, you could do it this way. You could do dynamic effort. And as simple, like as simple as that is, is the first thing that triggered that curiosity part and triggered kind of like the challenging the norms part of training. Now, like Joe DeFranco, super accepted, but back in the day he wasn't. But you talked about how we're such a young field mm. and there's people that they feel like they're the enlightened ones, you know, like they, they have all the answers. Joe, uh, Jordan Peterson brought up a quote the other day. I, I just brought it up. He said, how should you deal with the enlightened ones? And he said, replace them with a true, a seeker, of, a true seeker of truth. Mm. If you think you're enlightened, you're probably not. If you think you have all the answers, you for sure don't. And that's where I feel like in a, a lot of times in our field, we get stuck listening to the people that pretend to have all the answers and we get blinded to a lot of the alternative methods of thinking and just being able to draw information from all fields and all different aspects. That's where I love that. I love bringing people like you on and diving into these rabbit holes of just grabbing pieces of information from different fields. Like you said, like you, you got in that room and you're like, yeah, all right, I'm in the right place. I can grab some of this information from different things. I'm interested in how how you've done that. Like how, how has being a part of that room and that environment, how has that changed your thought process and approach from what it was to kind of what it is now? That's an awesome question. And I would just kind of introduce like, you know, we, we talk about Joe DeFranco strength conditioning and, and the, the, the youngness of, you know, what we're really exploring is athletic performance in a way. And for me to kind of step into this modality of, of ancient Chinese medicine and, and body work, and, you know, there's texts that we study that are literally 7,000 years old. And, you know, that's something like if I'm going to learn about our existence and our organism, I'm going to study something that predates the scientific method. I'm going to study something that predates, you know, what we know as religion. And, and how far back can we go to understand really what ultimately makes us us and how we really uh, can perform and, 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 and improve, right? So, you know, those are things that like these, these you know, timeless, essential things of, of, uh, of wisdom and, and ways of even now seeing the world in a way like, and, and how that relates to just seeing the body in a way. And, and when, if you can see the body in a certain way, now you can start to see where we may need to improve certain things or dial back certain things. So, um, you know, taking the dive into that world, you know, very different, uh, very, uh, polar, uh, you know, the polarity uh, was, was definitely on the other side of the spectrum, but I knew for some reason, some, you know, feeling in me was like, this is what I needed, you know, cause you know, I had seven years of division one strength conditioning experience before I was 30 years old. Like that's super fucking rare. And you know, it was almost when I talk about it in that way, it's like almost easier for me to step away from it. Cause I, did I want to win national championships and, and go to the NFL? Yes. But I got, it filled my cup up enough in a way that I was okay to like, all right, there's more to me and there's more to this that I can step away and I can fill my cup up even more and just in different ways. You know, so studying these, these ancient principles just gives me like this way far out, just holistic zoomed out macro view of like really what's going on here. And, you know, that's something that's in a way in our professions and, and, you know, our education where we're kind of looking at things in this like boxed view and our perspective is very limited. And when you can really open that, expand that perspective and see things from a different angle. And like you said, pick the brains of people outside of your field or what you, you know, you do currently now and talk to a massage therapist, talk to, talk to an energy healer, as crazy as they sound, you know, you know, talk to PTs and chiros and everybody that's really working on bodies um, or, or working with humans, I would even say, uh, those are the people I think that if we can start to blend into our, and I put profession in quotes because our profession is changing and it's evolving. And it's about to radically expand into something bigger. 
Um, but if, if we can start to integrate more things into it, it's going to improve for the better. Yeah. And this, you mentioned the, the, the boxed view and this is, I feel like it, we bring it back to Jordan Peterson. I'm going to bring up a lot of Jordan Peterson just because I'm reading his book right now. It has like <laughs> that bias in there, but like the balance between the chaos and order that he always mm. talks about. And it's, you, you have your order, which would be kind of your box or your principal views of strength conditioning, sports performance, whatever you want to call it. And then you have the chaos or the fog and whatever else is out there to be able to draw information. And you want to be able to walk that line. And I feel like many times in our field, we are not walking that line. We are just staying in the safe box of chaos and we're never growing. We, are, we never grow in the field. Like we're doing the same thing 20 years ago that we're doing today. And the box view is kind of keeping us trapped because it is safe because we know we'll get in the, we'll get the pats on the back from the strength coaches, from the other sport coaches. If we post the heavy lifts or whatever it is, it's just the same things over and over rather than kind of trying to explore what could be, what, what mm. is the body capable of doing? And like, you, mm. when you go back and you're looking at some of these, I like that you said the ancient text, or you're just looking at some of these ancient stories and seeing where did we come from? Like, what are we actually truly capable of doing? I wrote an article for just fly talking about like, I, Austin Einhorn's a guy that got really got me on to the evolutionary approach. And it's like, mm. man, some of the stuff that we talk about now, if we had these issues back in the day when we're hunting or like literally living for our survival, we'd be so screwed. And now we just kind of accept them like they're everyday type things. And I, I just really like that approach that you're bringing up. Mm. I would, I would kind of, you know, add that like when you talk about order and chaos and, and, the, and the coaches and the individuals that are deliberately creating a little bit more chaos in their own life. They're the ones that are learning, right? They're, they're choosing, or they have enough awareness that I'm living in too much order right now. And I'm, and I'm stagnant. I'm not improving. I'm, I'm, um, group, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, assimilating into some sense of group think, you know, and, and walking into their own or creating their own sense of chaos to kind of mix things up a little bit and like, Oh, what order can I make out of this chaos and what can I learn? And then what can I bring back into order in a highly, more organized way or a more effective way or a more capable way. Like you talked about, you know, I think those are like the, the pioneers or, or the coaches that are kind of, or individuals even that are doing things, I guess, in a very progressive manner are those that are kind of, they can see that, you know, things are maybe a little bit more ordered than it should be. And we need a little bit more chaos to kind of, again, progress. And, and the, the ones that are stepping into that are deliberately putting themselves in maybe in more, uh, uncertain or unknown environment. That is technically what Jordan Peterson calls is like chaos. It's just the fear. It's the unknown. It's the uncertain. And then assimilating some sense of order to create a, a, a better existence. For you, what was that? Was there a wake up call that kind of got you into this, um, into this profession, into the, like the big change? Cause I feel like that is a radical change. You, you had the success. You were the division one strength coach. You probably had a lot of order in your life. If you wanted it, you could have, if you really wanted to just coasted, was there a wake up call where you woke up and you're like, fuck dude, like I, I need to do something else. Or I, I just know there's more. What was that kind mm. of approach like for you? Yeah. I mean, that's an awesome question too. And I, I would say that it kind of stems back to, so when I was working with football, excuse football, worked four seasons as assistant strength coach for football. You know, any football strength coach listening to this knows it's like, you know, you have a bad couple of bad years, your whole staff gets wiped out, including the strength staff. And, but I was technically still working with lacrosse at the time. So I wasn't fired from the university. I was just removed from football and, and made uh, the primary strength, strength coach for lacrosse. But I had to switch weight rooms. So I went from like this pristine, beautiful, 
classic, you know, Division One football weight room, gorgeous, everything highly, highly, you know, advanced type of equipment. And then they stuffed me in like the corner, uh, the, you know, the general Olympics, freaking, which no, no, I'm not bad at at all, but like it wasn't obviously what it was. Um, you know, so it was a little dilapidated in a way. The equipment was kind of, you know, rinky dinky, but we had a shit ton more space. We had an entire field house, which was like, we had, a, uh, you know, the weight room, but then we had an entire field, which we didn't really have that with football. We just had the weight room. So given that space, it allowed my freaking mind to actually, you know, how can I use this space? It's something that like, I, I, I like this field now. Like I can do, I can crawl, I can roll. I can get my guys out there throwing Frisbees. You know, we can do cartwheels before we work out. We, I can bring in a balance beam and have them walk, you know, farmers walk on a balance beam, all these things. And that was like the first thing that I started to explore more in my own perceptions of like performance was like thinking more outside the box as not, we really, we would spend maybe 40 minutes in the weight room, but we would spend like 20 on the field doing a lot of, you know, your classical like gymnastic rolling kind of GPP stuff. And that really got me going down like the exploratory route, like the curiosity route, like the, like the, the momentous kind of pull in a way. And I was like, well, there's, I can do more. I can do more. I can do more. I can, I can do different things, different things, different things. And then that, you know, was like, all right, I need to do something radically different. Like, like step out a little bit of, of S and C and go into, you know, a, a just, a, just a different modality, still working on human beings. So I kind of see it as like, am I doing something different? Yes, but I'm still working with human beings. I'm just doing it in a different capacity. It's manifesting in a different way. Um, and, and, you know, I now see it on the other side. It's like two sides of the same coin. It's, 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 you know, I can, we're, we're working on performance. We're working on training. We're working on prevention. We're working on treatment. We're working on uh, body work as well. And, and combining the two in, even in my mind is how I kind of see things now. Uh, it's, it's helped me just get a, a more clarity and a better picture, a more like holistic approach. Yeah, that's uh, the same, uh, man. We are, we're matching up very well here. Uh, the, the big eye opener for me was this quarantine period. The first yeah. time I had a bunch of coaches on really bring up the, uh, some of the methods, some of the like exploration type methods. How do you explore? How do you get more out of the body? How do you look at it in a different way? And I had really started to get into that rabbit hole, but I was still, I still had, uh, we have a division three, we're a division three football team, but it's like a, it's a bougie division three. Like they have a 30,000 square foot, like 24 rack. Like it's the most ridiculous weight room anyways. They, so I had all access to all of this. Um, and so I had these, all these ideas brewing, but still really never, I said too much order. Like I had too much order, too much access to these things. And then boom, it's all taken away. It's you have your body. Like mm -hmm. now you have your body. You're, all gyms are shut down for a minimum of three months. What do you do with that? And I was like, oh boy, now at net, perfect time to implement some of these things. Now you don't have a choice. And the gains that I saw during that quarantine period blew my mind away. How much better I felt, how much better I moved. Some of the output-based stuff I did just from uh, just moving my spine and then doing some like uh, depth drops, like just basic things that you think you're like your body is normally just capable of doing, but you never do them when you have this 30,000 square foot, like beautiful facility. And I was like, holy crap, there is a whole piece of this puzzle that we are not implementing, not using and not having like what opened that up was not having access to the tools. It was taking away the tools. And now it's what can you do with this little piece of equipment, this little piece of land, this, your, your body. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I see that as such like a, freaking so such an important concept is like we we kind of 
put our mind in a box when we're always in the box or in the weight room. Like we're, we're limited to what we see even, right? So you see squat racks, you see dumbbells, you see, you know, Kaisers. It's like, that's all you use. And when you literally are, when your when your eyes are looking at different things, it's like, oh, I can use a tree right now, or I can use a, 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 a little piece of grass. And then, you know, you can just use it as you use it. And I think like a lot of how much the environment kind of shapes our behavior is something that is so powerful that, you know, what, whatever environment we're in is, is going to drive our behavior consciously or even unconsciously, like we're talking about. And then, you know, when you switch up your environment, next thing you know, like when I was switched up from going from the football weight room to the, to the Olympic weight room, my behavior has changed because I was in a much different environment and, and changed for the better. And that was, I, I talk about this a lot on the, the podcast too, is talking about trying to keep some skin in the game of whatever you're trying to do. If you're trying to live a healthy lifestyle and you're trying to get your clients to live a healthy lifestyle, then you should probably do that yourself and see what's actually working. Like you can, it's like you have the nutritionist that's saying these things and they're not doing these things. You have the strength coach that's talking about sports performance and they can squat a rack they can squat the entire rack and then you tell them to sprint or tell them to do a sport and it doesn't do any good. One thing that I'm super obsessed with is slow pitch softball. It's a big thing in Minnesota. Um, but it's like, it really opened up my mind. It's like, I'm playing, I'm one of the most athletic and that's saying something because it's a, like, I'm playing against 40 year olds. So I'm one of the most athletic on this field. And you have this 40 year old dad that's smoking a cigarette that is like 240 pounds of like, not good 240 walking up to the plate and just like, showing you up. He can put the ball wherever he wants it. He hits it over the fence. Like he's just a monster at this sport. And it's like, all right. So like, is my program working? That dude is able to do that. Like, so where's the disconnect there? And that was another big thing. It's like keeping skin in the game. Like I sweet, you can squat the rack, but is that sports performance? Is that really doing what you want to accomplish? Sweet. You're saying these things, but is it what actually leads to results with your athletes, with your clients? Is it living a better lifestyle? Is it connecting with these things and keeping that skin in the game rather than keeping skin in the weight room. Mm, that's huge. Skin in the skin in the weight room. I think we get, we get stuck in that. And, and ultimately we're training, we're training sports, right? We're training athletes that play sports and you know, they're not on weightlifting scholarships, right? They're, they're on scholarships to, or at least they're, they're attending, they're, they're coming to you for you to help them play their sport better in com combination with their sport coach. And to kind of just allow ourselves to step back a little bit and like, maybe less is more or less focused driven or myopic is better. And, and to really, like you said, it kind of always continue to question what you're doing. Like, is this going to like, when I first took over lacrosse, like freaking football player, personally football strength coach for four years, then into lacrosse. And it was like, I was training them like football players, like just right off the bat. And, and it took me almost two years to be like, do they need this? Like, I don't think they do. They need to be able to freaking rotate and be able to bend and run for forever, you know, and all these things. And then once I really started to kind of question my own systems in a way, and like, like you said, is this is actually making them better? You, you freaking put your ego way back there in check. And, and then ultimately you can, you can get to a better, a better way to do it. Yeah. I, I like that. I want to draw this back to you're sitting in this room with all these different minds and now you're going down the path of massage therapy what what were some of the really big eye-openers for you that now you're implementing i know you said you you trained some high school athletes like what were some of the big eye-openers just sitting in these rooms and listening to these ideas of things that you don't think many people are looking at that we definitely should and that you weren't doing and now you like you kind of look at you laugh that you weren't doing it before and you would do now or are doing it now yeah i mean i'm not trying to convert anybody to to taoism but it's like <laughs> 
it's something that is so foundational in, in when you can just observe nature that when you talk about yin and yang and polarity and, and masculine and feminine and expression and, and reception, it's, 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 it's life-changing. When you can just study it a little bit, but then observe it and then apply it a little bit into your own training or life, uh, it, 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 it has permanently and continues to change me for the absolute better and create more balance in a way in my life and how I communicate in my relationships, how I train myself, how I train my athletes. It's something that once I really started to understand, like semester one, we're talking intro to Chinese medicine, we're talking about yin yang and all that stuff. It's like, this is trippy stuff, but you know, we're understanding a, the culture, the perspective of, of their worldview and how that influenced literally every part of, of their, you know, their, from their acupuncture to their, to their body workers, to their martial arts, to their, to their medical systems, to every, everything, everything stems from this worldview. And I think that that interconnectedness, or at least that foundation that everything is built upon is something that I think that we a little bit lack here. Like we're, we're kind of building our own foundation our way and maybe not the best foundation or loose footing. And when I started to understand you know, this, 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 this concept of, of fundamental duality and, and yin and yang, masculine and feminine, it radically shifted, you know, just how I approach performance and, and, and capabilities. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I always, when I, when, if, if I can't prove it wrong, I know it's like, where well, I'm on to something. Right. So if I can learn something like, you know, talk about Jordan Peterson, like chaos and order that fits in yin yang straight up. If I'm learning like, uh, you know, anything, right. Like anything involved with the body. And if I can kind of break it into two, I'm like, Oh, there we go. Just put it, put it right back in these boxes or put it, you know, it fits in here, learn something here. It fits in there. So I, if I can't prove it wrong and if something I learned fits in, in that, in that type of polarity, I'm like, all right, this is, we're on to something here. And, and, it, and again, like, look at me, strength coach, massage therapist, ultimate yang, ultimate yin in a way. And it's like, all right, I'm, I'm kind of like embodying it in, in real time in a way, as weird as that sounds. No, I, I like that. When, when you're looking now at the body and training an athlete, how does that, how does that kind of manifest itself? How, how does that manifest itself in the training session? Is it giving them the yin approach for the rest of their life and educating them on that so then you can get into that higher end approach and you're staying there? Or is it still the blend in the session itself? How are you kind of approaching that in the in the training and working with your athletes? And how, how do you think some of the coaches listening could maybe do a better job or just be more educated in that sense when they're they're working with their athletes or teams? Yeah, I mean, I think it's all like macro, micro, right? So like, obviously, when you talk about an individual session, you want the, the very micro kind of balance in a way, right? You want to you wanna have a sense of, you know, maybe some restorative movement to begin or end. And then you have like this very expressive, um, you know, high energy or high output type of type of experience, maybe at, at certain points of that, um, you know, and that's going to, you know, manifest itself as the, the micro version of these principles, but also like this macro, you know, you've been talking about like, you know, as a, as a college strength coach, like a four year approach or even a year approach and allowing the athlete to even see how you see. I think that's like what I've started to really lean on more is like, can I get my athletes to look at the world, how I look at the world? Because next thing you know, when they go to sleep at night, you know, I'm kind of in the back of their mind or when they wake up in the morning or whatever, and you're influencing not only what they do with you, you're, influ you're influencing them beyond and, and how they operate as, a, as, as an athlete as, or a student athlete or as, as, a, as a high school kid and, and whatever. So, you know, the educational standpoint, like the macro, uh, uh, you know, 
extrapolating that a little bit into like this macro experience of say balance. Um, you know, and even like how I'm kind of understanding things now is like, you know, when I originally started again, kind of getting very curious, you know, you hear the buzzwords like body, mind, spirit. And you know, that was something for me. It's like, yeah, that sounds right. And I like that. And I want to explore a little bit more like, you know, body, mind, and then spirit. And, but then eventually I'm like, I think that's a little incomplete. And then I recently started understanding things as like physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, which, you know, you go from three to four. I'm like, all right, things don't really fit in. But then when you look at it does in a way, and I can kind of break it down, but that actually expresses itself as masculine and feminine or yang and yin. So you look at like physical mental is very like action oriented things. These are like yang expressions. And then you talk about like emotional and spiritual, a very like receptive kind of, you know, fem- I don't like the word feminine in a way, cause it kind of scares like the macho dudes away, but it's, it's the energy expression of it. It's a receptive action and, and tuning into your emotions is super, you know, receptive. And, and obviously like the spiritual nature things, it's, it's the polar opposite of yang. And if I can explain it to like, say a high school athlete, it's like, all right, there's multiple levels to what we're doing here. This is how they manifest. It all comes down to, can you understand balance and polarity of yang things and yin things or expressive things? Like I talk about it as this, like, you know, a yang thing, right? You do a vertical jump, you're expressing your power potential. That's a yang thing. Sleeping, right? You're multiplying your power potential. That's a yin thing. And you need both, right? And if you need both, you just keep filling things in. They're either expressing your power potential or they're multiplying your power potential. And everything fits into that. So if I can just get an athlete to understand multi- uh, expressing power potential, multiplying power potential, like, okay. And then I'll just say, all right, you know, foam roller or movement, right? We're, you know, restorative. This is good, right? Fits in here. Uh, you know, freaking all out maybe we're doing like a rep test or something like that's a that's a freaking tough thing that fits here right and then even like sleep and food and all these things it just keeps fitting into this bigger uh this bigger concept and when you're looking at an athlete they're coming into you you're you're working and maybe it's not i keep saying athlete but whatever your client is uh they're coming into you are you looking to develop the other side of what they're underdeveloped or just bring more awareness to the other side? Somebody like me comes into you, we're very uh, yang based, we're very like macho, that type of, and are you looking to develop a little bit more of the yin or just draw awareness to the yin or how are you, how are you kind of approaching that in the, the macro balance sense of the individual athlete? Cause you, you for sure have athletes that are more one side than the other or more, ex- they express one side more than the other or they're allowed to. I should say, express one side more than the other. How do you work with that on the individual athlete basis? Yeah, I mean, it all varies. Dude. It's like, you know, so many athletes can come to you at different, now, I don't like the word like personalities, but like they just, they, they're, they're different, right? Like, you, you, you know, you, for me, even in yourself too, like being super like tuned into the body, like, like kind of twitchy, fast paced, like my mind moving fast. Like I'm just, that's like kind of who I am. And you know, some people are, are very different, you know, and they're on the other side of the spectrum. So it's, I would say it's a little bit more difficult to kind of like determine what they need and then fill their need. And the better way would just teach them or ex- explain things. And it's like very generalistic, geez, super generalistic approach. And then, and like you said, bring more awareness into this type of perspective. And if they, the body will kind of organize itself to, to reestablish rhythm, harmony and balance if that athlete or person general population becomes more aware of it in real time. Right. So if you can uh, raise their level of awareness about really how these things kind of work in, in, in their life in real time and how it actually applies to, to, to whatever they really want, 
then they can have this higher sense of awareness and the, the body will naturally assume this, 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 this role of, of again, balance, rhythm, harmony, and this balancing effect of ex, uh, expression of, of power and multiplying power. Do you have then uh, awareness? I, I just popped in my head of like awareness tools then that you use to draw attention to something for that athlete. You, you see them struggling in a sense in one end or the other. Is there an awareness, maybe tool isn't the best word, but awareness tool that you use with your athletes to really draw that awareness to it, to really open their eyes to it? Or is it just general everyday, general, obviously, and that's part of it too, general education throughout the everyday process? Mm. I would say for me, I'm like very artistically kind of dude, like whatever. I'm always into like picture shapes and, and, you know, so I'll, I just draw pictures a lot. Like I've, I have like six whiteboards all over the apartment, like scribbled all over it, whatever. Uh, you know, so, and I'm always, you know, doing that in a well, like as well. So, you know, where I'm training my guys out of the garage, I got shapes and pictures and, and I got the yin yang dried out and I, I, I just keep adding things, whatever. So when they see that, you know, as they, and they visualize it, it's like, okay. And it's, it's kind of always there for them. So that's, giving them that sense of awareness as well. Um, you know, so, so if you like, and we're so like left brain word oriented and that's great, but the, you know, the right brain is real like symbolic with pictures and it's artistic and, and, and like shapes and things. And we have to have some combination of both. Right. And that allows us to ultimately understand things better, you know, so you can explain, 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 explain. Um, but if they don't see really how it how organizes in a way, uh, you know, th there may be a disconnect there. So I try to like educate through, you know, expressive words, but I also like to educate by like, you know, physical pieces of puzzles that kind of show them like, this is how it works. This is how it fits together. Can you see this? Cause this is really what's, what's ultimately happening. That's a, something that I would, I would say is a tool, very simple tool tool is just like breath awareness. Right. So like, you know, that's like the one thing that an athlete can tune into for themselves when they start to get this, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, uncomfortable, like the, the breathing rate changes, whatever their mouth breathing or their, their respiration, especially with the young, the young kids I'm working with, like, we'll do some hangs, you know, like, you know, Alex Lee and, and Tommy J they were talking hangs, right? You get an athlete up there, you can freaking hang like a beast, but once it gets hard, <laughs> you know, he starts breathing. I'm like, bring awareness to the breath. And that, that's, that's a simple tool that, uh, again, just gets them to tune into, than the changes of the, the responses of their own body. Well, and I think that's super powerful because we talked earlier about kind of like, especially the younger generation, I don't want to like date myself here, but it's like the TikTok brain a little bit of, it's almost everything in their life right now is, they, it gets their attention for 10 seconds, 10 seconds, 10 seconds. And you know, and, and everybody knows that the human body and the human mind and the human spirit is able and capable to pay attention for longer, to like invest longer than that. But everything they're given right now is super quick and digestible. And being able to almost get them out of that TikTok brain mode mm -hmm. in a session of, hey, mm -hmm. you're here for this hour, you're hanging for this 10 minutes, you're going to feel this for this hour. Like, I think that's super powerful for these kids. Hell yeah. I mean, uh, you'd hit it right on the head. It's like the more we get into this, this lifestyle of, you know, technology and, and literally attention, you know, binding type of things such as Instagram and TikTok, even it's, it's, it's stealing, um, you know, our, our ability to be present, right. And, and sink in and breathe and, and, you know, uh, you know, I have this sense of bodily awareness. And I talk about this too, as like yang mind and yin mind. So like, you know, you have your, your flashy, like just, just grabby, grabby things like your feet or your TikTok, whatever. And, you know, rarely are you ever just like sinking in and, and 
you know, when you talk about like yang and, yang and yin, the yin is, is, is passive. It's non-action, right? So yang is action. Yin is non as the opposite, does not act. And rarely ever do our minds not act, right? And, and when you let it not, you know, don't act, things happen, right? You have immense moments of clarity. You know, you have the light bulb go off or the, you know, a thought will come out of nowhere. And so you just allowed your mind to just shut off for a second and start to bring order out of the chaos a little bit and things start to come from, you know, your, your, your urges, your instincts and wherever. Um, so I, I, if there is any need right now, it's for this younger generation to learn how to tap into this yin mind, to learn how to be present, uh, to learn how to kind of put a leash on their dog a little bit of like this, this rabid kind of, uh, you know, desire for more or this intention grabbing type of, type of, uh, type of experience that they have and learn how to kind of harness their own, uh, existence in a way to be present and really sink in and, and ultimately focus and, and, and whatever the task may be. And you mentioned the, the ideas out of nowhere, like when you enter that state and that that's something that's really cool that I've been talking to a lot of my athletes about is like, we, I call them spirit walks. It's literally just a walk, but like in nature, in the sun with nothing else. And you're not, you're not trying to force your mind. And like all of my writing, every single thing that I write, I'm a big writer. That's how I articulate my thoughts. I'm a much better writer than a speaker. Um, and anytime I go on these walks, it's just like a feat. It's literally like my, my, my brain is like an antenna, like, and I'm just receiving like <laughs> thoughts and ideas. And I, like, sometimes I just have to like write them down as soon as possible. Otherwise I like lose them. I'm like grabbing on. I was like, holy shit, where did some of this stuff come from? And it, when you say it that way, it's like, it literally just, it, it's not your own thoughts. It's like the passive ability to go down to, I talk about on a scale of zero to 10 of like, most people are buzzing at a six or seven at all moments of all days. Mm. And that, they're so burnt out. They're never able to go to a 10 and reach that maximum potential. And they never drop down to a zero to be able to relax and allow for some of these things, some of these connections to be made. So I think that's, like, I'm totally on board with what you're saying. It's all, it's all polarity, man. So it's like, you know, when we sleep, right? Like if we have, you know, if we have a good night's sleep, we wake up in the next two days and we want to train. We want to be active. Like we're much more uh, ready to, to go. And like you say, not be a seven, but be a 10, right? And it's because we, we, we did the opposite. Right. And, and we're always in this, like, ex, you know, just ex, freaking busy mind, monkey mind. Right. And we're never experiencing like it's, it's other polarity of, of non or empty mind or, you know, zero minded, or, you know, I call it yin mind and just complete passiveness. Like literally what now you just call is meditation. Um, it allows this balance to take into effect. And next thing you know, you have breakthroughs, you have uh, better experiences, you have clarity, you have ideas out of nowhere, which they're not really out of nowhere. They're coming from you know, a higher intelligence of internal intelligence, and it will, that's um, unable to be heard because the monkey mind or the young mind is, is, is overpowering it. Yeah, that, that, that's awesome. I geek out about this for a long time. Uh, I want to I take this a different route before we get into the rapid fire rounds. And I want to hear your thoughts on this about it, I've seen on your Instagram page, you talk a lot about vibrations, a lot about light and energy and combination of some of the things that we don't really talk about. Some of the things that could be considered kind of woo woo we, uh, and we talked a little bit before of my brief experience. So I'm probably three months into the whole red lights, um, salt lamp lights, and just uh, experimenting with some of the light therapy. And I told you that like, when I'm taking care of that stuff, when I'm getting a bunch of sunlight, when I'm doing the red light, when I don't have a ton of uh, fluorescent lights around me, like my energy is so much better. My mood is so much more stable. And I talked about how uh, the first time I experienced that is at Dr. Tommy John's when he had no fluorescent lights. And I'm just interested in things that we could be missing out on in this regard. Your, 
your kind of approach and ideas behind this and how we can dive deeper. Cause I would consider myself a rookie in a lot of this stuff. And I just love to hear your thoughts of how we can really improve our lives with some of these things. Yeah, man. Um, so the first like two months I jumped out of the college environment, went to the, to, to the private sector. Um, you know, I was, I was commuting into New York city from Long Island. I was, I was riding my bike to the train station. It was the summer. I grew up in Long Island going to the beach all the time and I uh, always enjoyed just being either on the beach or in the sun or, or out in nature. And, you know, living in the waiting for the past 10 years at the time, I kind of was disconnected in a way and, you know, was still living freaking great life. But when I was in either the sun more or in nature more, I felt more stable. I felt more ah, just at ease. Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm riding my bike to the train station. I got a and I, I connected, you know, a month before this with, a, with uh, you know, Dan Fichter, who everybody knows. And we were chatting. He's like, you got to look at Wim Hof. You got to look at Jack Cruz. You got to look at this. this. And I, I'm st- scrolling through and I see a Jack Cruz podcast. I put it on and he blew my mind just about light. And, and I'm like, it all made sense. It's like, I loved being at the beach. I loved being outdoors. I loved having a tan. It felt, made me feel good. And I haven't had that in the last 10 years. And that really got me started into just reorganizing my priority around how I train and the environment that I train in and taking a lot of what I did and just taking all my weights or my dumbbells or whatever, and just putting them outside in the sun or on grass even. And, you know, like I started doing this and I like my sessions personally were like amazing. It was, I had all this energy. My, my mood was super clear. Um, I enjoyed training. I, I looked forward to it. It's something that, you know, you could talk about like nitric oxide and all that other stuff. Like my, the pump I was getting was freaking awesome. And, you know, when I switched my freaking Instagram to circadian man, people were like, dude, this guy's off the rocker, man. It's freaking, he's, I don't even know what circadian means. And for me, it was like, I just understood that there is such immense potential in our return to a natural environment, not only from our energy potential, like you talked about voltage and vibration, um, you know, but also just our stability, right? We're designed in a way to either experience natural surroundings or uh, at least see them, right? So if you look out of the window and you see a tree, that changes your neurochemistry, 100%. You look out and you see the horizon and you see uh, you know, ocean or some type of water, that changes your neurochemical experience. And, and in such a powerful way that you know, if, if you want some stability or you want to access a parasympathetic state or return to balance because sometimes we're way too sympathetic this type of stimulus is is the stimulus that we're lacking and why not bring it into the performance world it's something that you know as athletes why not it's something that it's gonna it's gonna help them perform better in the session it's gonna help them perform in 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 the long term right so you know when i started really geeking out and, and literally drawing a line in the sand. It's like, this is something I'm committing to because I believe in it for myself. And this is something that I don't really want to have to go back and train, you know, eight sessions a day, you know, in the private sector and not even get a sniff of fresh air and, and get the sun on my skin in the summer. I'll, I'll literally curl up in a ball and go into depression you know, because it's something that I felt so good when I was doing it. And then to do the opposite, it made me feel just not that good. And to value my own personal health, but to, to understand it, that these people need the same thing that I needed. They need to get outside. They need to see, you know, green. They need to see blue. They need to see shapes, not rigid boxes. They need to have their, uh, you know, feet on, on, on the ground and, and electrically ground themselves. They need photons from the sun. They need ions from water. And all these things are 
amplifying our power potential, our, our, um, you know, our phase angle, if you will. And, and that is just, we're filling our cup up even more. Uh, you know, so when I really, you know, it is woo woo a little bit for, for, for people, but if you study energy dynamics, thermo thermodynamics, you talk about, you know, I don't want to go to like a little bit down the quantum level, but like these things are, are valid and, and they're going to help you physically, mentally, emotionally, and, and even beyond in your, in your capacities and capabilities. And it's something that you can do super simple. Like, and uh, that's, that's one of the things I did want to take it with a little bit selfishly is you, you have uh, we, I live in the tundra of Minnesota uh, and we have a good, I would say a good four or five months where we're able to train outside and it's pretty good. And then it gets to like minus like 30. Mm -hmm. Is there things that you, we can do uh, as the tundra living people to help with some of these things in the winter and to kind of work on some of these things in the winter to be able to still get some of these benefits Hell yeah. living in the tundra without dude, build, dude build a sauna bro <laughs> uh you know I, I live in in northeast and uh you know we have a, a pretty good summer you know it's it's nice it's sunny it's it's you know, a couple months long and it's you know obviously my favorite time of the year but in the winter it's 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 not that but i lived in upstate new york and it was it, we were negative 20 some some days like freaking snow almost every day and uh you know the winters were tough but when i moved back to long island and I still, again, wanted to train outdoors because it's something I believed in. And I was like, well, how do I train outdoors in the winter when I really, there's freaking no warmth. It's very unpleasant. You don't want to be outside. And I was like, well, I could buy a sauna or I could build one. And, you know, I'm a big DYI guy on YouTube and was able to throw, throw together a sauna as a, as a quarantine project and started messing around with it this past winter. And for me, it's like in the winter, I still want to, in some way train outside if possible right and having a sauna will, will give you like this sense of balance right so you can cook to 150 and then when you step outside and it's 10 degrees you can at least still handle it because you know you're, you're uh, assuming some sense of balance in the summer when it's 95 in the dead heat of august and you know your skin's cooking i do the opposite i hop in an ice bath that i have in the backyard and you know, so these are things for me that allows me to still train outdoors in the specific changes of season seasons that, you know, my body in a way can still handle it. Um, but also, you know, when we talk about all this energy potential and, uh, you know, all the, all the goodness that comes from that, you're in a way still, if not even more so amplifying this, this, this potential energy by being outdoors and giving it the stimulus such as warmth and heat in the winter, which is such a rare thing, or is like, you know, uh, temp, uh, cold temperatures, water, like under 40 degrees in the summer, which is, again, it's a rare thing unless you have that, uh, that access. So, you know, saunas in the winter, if you can, uh, you know, and the red lights are really good for, for like, the, you know, some seasonal depression stuff, ice baths in the, in the summer. Um, you know, if anybody's interested in like the specific properties of water, look at Victor Schauberger's work, uh, you know, some awesome stuff there, which is like the structural dynamics and, um, potential of water as it changes temperature. Awesome stuff there. I like that. Uh, I, I'm, so I want to dive into the, the, the reaction to, so I'm very, I, I've been trying to write about this. I react very well to heat and sunlight. Like I tan very quickly. My mood is mood and energy. It's not even close. Like between no sunlight and sunlight in between heat and no heat, it, it's not even close. And I know I react more than I would say probably more than a typical person. What, where's that reaction coming from and what is kind of happening at the, the biological level of leading to that and where you have people that 
I would say it's, it's obviously good for everybody, but why do some people kind of react much better than others? Is that psychological? Is that just having a little bit of understanding behind what's happening or what's kind of the, the difference there between some people and then what's actually happening there? I know I would say that we do have some, some, some differences from just our genetic makeup that make us more receptible, you know, receptive to sunlight or, or less receptive, you know, for me having, you know, some, some the olive skin and, and the dark hair, I, I'm similar. I, I tan quick. Um, but my mood is, is freaking dialed in when I'm, when I'm outdoors a lot. Um, you know, I, I think it definitely would depend, you know, if you're a little bit fair skin, you probably don't need as much, you know, obviously, you know, different, different people of, of different, um, parts of the world can, uh, you know, respond differently, you know, when we, but in the way when we're, we're when we're receiving the signal of light, especially in our skin, like when we look in a biological uh, biology textbook, we think we have two mitochondria in every cell. It's it's we have something like a thousand or something, right? So we we like our cell is literally like jam freaking packed with mitochondria, and and the light is is manipulating these mitochondria in a way that increases their potential, and you know all that that's allowing the mitochondria to have more capacity. Not only that the the specific wavelength of light is actually stimulating our release of natural nitric oxide which is dilating our blood vessels which is allowing you know better flow literally better flow through all systems uh circulatory systems which is improving you know uh you know fl uh, waste flush and, and nutrient delivery and all that stuff which is which is helping that as well and if you know you know you know you, you should freaking gym rat you no no explode dude you were taking nitric nitric supplements fucking five years ago and now it's like all you gotta do is step outside and you get it too man uh you know and i think arnold was on to something dude when, when him and franco were training outdoors you know but it's like we're again we're designed in a in a certain way our de our design is is should be matched with with a specific environment and we're so far removed from that environment that you know our moods are down and, and you know all these things and it's like we sometimes just need to put ourselves back you know in a, in a in an environment that's conducive to our, our design as it is and that's again being around colors such as green and blue being around trees being around water if possible being outdoors as much as you can uh, and especially you know given the part of the world you're in uh, getting as much sunlight as you can and, and everything that feels good happens on purpose it's it's like it's almost like that signal that yeah you need this this is something that's very helpful for you and uh you know when we're not getting it, it it's like i you know we're a little off but when we get it it's an immediate like i had i had buddies now I, i'm not I'm, I'm not like a cult leader but like i'm a big sunlight dude and, and and you follow me it's like i'm i'm all about it dude and you know i have people message me and text me it's like when the seasons change and all of a sudden the sun's out and then they, you know, they start training outdoors. I get a shit ton of messages. They're like, dude, I feel great today. It's something about it. I'm like, yes, dude, you're, you're finally uh, tuning into your body a little bit. Yeah. I talked about that the other day. It's like the first, uh, we've got a first heat wave in Minnesota. It was 50 degrees. Sunlight came out for the first time. And the amount of, I was on like a little bit of a writer's block. I try to write something every day, just to continue to work on that process and get my ideas out of my brain onto a piece of paper. And the first time the sun came out, it was like a month of the writer's block and the coldest part of the year and the sun came out and everything. It was like the biggest flood of ideas. It's like, oh my God, like this is, <laughs> people keep telling me, but it keeps being proved right. Nice. And the other part you, you talked about is the kind of like the, I like how you had, you had the scientific definition and what we know scientifically, but also bringing it back to that, the the evolutionary approach or the natural approach of just 
the long-term humans have been outdoors for the longest amount of time. And it seems like we're trying to outsmart that. And for good reason, like we don't want to be obviously stuck in the winter in Minnesota without any heat and any, any warmth or, but almost like we're trying to outsmart that constantly. And it's like you said, just sometimes it's just taking a step back, going back to how we've evolved, how we've lived for millions of years before this and using some of those properties, not throwing out, we, I mean, some people can, some people can go live in the mountains and do whatever they want, but you don't have to throw all of it out. You don't have to throw out all of the technological advancements that have better life for so many people, but also don't throw out everything that's led to the point that's got us to where we're at today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. And I think like, you know, as, as far as we advance and as much as we, as, 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 as much as we advance with, we shouldn't remove ourselves from our, you know, primal nature, you know, our, our, uh, you know, what we evolved with, you know, uh, you know, you know, we talk about light exposure. It's like we evolved with fire and we, we evolved with candlelight, you know, we're not really designed for fluorescence and LEDs. And, you know, if those things are kind of in your environment all the time until 11 PM or 4 AM and you, you know, your sleep's out of whack and your skin rhythms off and all that stuff. It's like, you know, you just go back to what we were evolved with what did we evolve with we evolved with fire we evolved with candlelight we evolved with you know natural settings not less less you know you know uh you know windows and bricks and all that other stuff it's like introduce some colors and shapes and you know natural things so you know i I always have had that evolutionary kind of perspective with my own explorations as well uh and and understood that as as a foundational kind of concept to always lean on it's like did we did we need this 2000 3000 4000 years ago did we? All right. Then it's obviously important. It's helped us express our human potential uh, to, to, continue to continue to evolve and procreate even and continue on our lineage to, to exist on this planet. You know, and, and that's ultimately like we shouldn't really just, like you said, throw that, throw that out of the window. It's something that's so crucial to our uh, just sense of, of health, even like our well-being. Boom. Last question. Promises the last question before rapid fire round. I'm interested in what a typical training session now looks like for you because you had the whole division one thing. If it's for you or for your athletes, however you want to take that. But how, what does a day of training look like for you? That's freaking awesome, dude. Uh, it, uh, it's crazy because it changes almost every every week. It's a little different because my schedule is kind of a little bit out there. But you know, it's it's. You know, you know, when you, when you're training for sport, you I like, it was, I freaking wanted to go to the gym ASAP, dude. It, it, Cause I knew like I, it was that important on the other side of this. It's like, I'm not training for anything anymore other than just like being healthy and moving well and aging well. Right. So it's like, I look forward to that and I train for that, but I don't really like train in a, in a way like the same all the time. It's more about variability. It's more about, um, can I look forward to this in a way? What stimulus can I really uh, give my body that, that increases its adaptability, survivability? You know, I'm really into, I, I have a little like PVC balance beam I'm on all the time because I can just, if, even if I don't want to train that day, I'll just step on that. It lights up my CNS. And I, next thing you know, I'm freaking putting my body in these wild different positions. And I just did my mobility, you know, in, in 10 minutes and I didn't have to think about it. And it put me in a more you know, realistic situation. It's more uncontrolled. It's more, it's more, again, it's, it's a better expression of say athleticism than, you know, you know, doing my FRC or whatever. It's like, I kind of just expressed something very nimbly with, you know, without even being conscious of it. So, you know, I'm, I do a lot of hanging. I do a lot of balance oriented things. You know, I still throw around the weights a little bit. Um, 
Yeah, it, it does change. I, I re- recently just started like doing a lot of dancing in between sets. It's kind of wild as that sounds. It's really lets my body kind of be very limber and loose and, and kind of, again, like, all right, I am training for something. I'm training to be a very, very good practitioner as a, as a therapist, massage therapist. And that's a totally different experience. Um, you know, as, as, you know, we talk about like sports and training, you, you know, we're kind of like very rigid in ways, you know, therapy, it's like, I have to almost be like this elegant, like dancer and it's wild. And I, you know, and, and, and that's something that if I don't train or my body doesn't do it, you know, on a day-to-day basis, I'll, next thing I know I'm on the table with somebody and I can feel my body all segmented or, um, you know, and, and my teacher will look at me, she kind of wave her finger and I'm like, fuck, I'm doing it again. Like I got to drop into my body. I got to be more fluid. Right. And so increasing or uh, introducing a lot more like fluidity into what I do now, like through dance, through the balance beam, um, you know, through, you know, just getting on the ground and just moving in very various rolling type of positions. I'm, you know, my fiance and I, we have, we rent an apartment. I'm sometimes I'm crawling down the block and my neighbors are looking at me like I'm, you know, the wild man on the, on the street again, crawling down the block, you know, all these other wild, wild things. But ultimately it's just, again, to, can I really give my body of, of high variance of stimulus, uh, you know, be very adaptable and, and very high movement capacity. And then, you know, if, if I need to, to switch it up, I'll, I'll kind of just tune in and, and switch it up. The, the PVC pipe balancing trigger. That was awesome. Cause I'm, I'm very much the same way. Um, I'm training for softball right now. I, I'm geeking out about it. So like, I try to keep a goal just because I'm like, obsessed with it. But the there's a couple times where it's not like training for the football career that I had, where it's like every day, like you said, like there was a reason, there's a why huge. Now it's like, if, if it's beat up or we had a long day of training sessions, I'll get on the mat and just start rolling or just moving. And as soon as I do that, it's the same thing. That trigger, the, the creativity, everything. It's just like, oh, you want to be here now. Mm-hmm. Now, now this is awesome. This is what can you do with your body today? What, what are like, the, your mind starts to really, really open up. Like, mm. I really like to use the CNS, like it just fires up. It's, it's ready to go after that little trigger. And it's people, it, it takes five to 10 minutes to do. And now you, you draw that out to how can you do that with your athletes? So you have an athlete that's coming in beat up. You do the same thing, like PVC pipe balance. You we do some parkour, like we call it box parkour, just have them jump on that creates, just give them something that lights them up for that day. And then you get so much more done for the rest of the day because now they're engaged and in it. hundred percent. And and they ultimately, you know, are allowed to just explore and express and, and not have to kind of stick to the mold or stick to the plan. And we're like, Paul check talks about this all the time. It's like your, your program is a map but the experience is, is, is what you really want. The experience is the territory, right? And the, you know, your, the experience of the session is really what should dictate the session, really not what you planned on doing that day. Yes. That is going to help guide you in a way, but you know, every athlete in every situation can come into the weight room in a different state. Right. And can you adapt and, and ultimately give it these very simple things, right? Balance, rolling, all these things that, allow the body to just prepare uh, for whatever you want to do. And, you know, it changes, but, but uh, simple, like things like that are, are so powerful. Awesome. Let's get into the rapid fire rounds. Let's do it. We almost survived the whole podcast here. (laughs) First question. uh, What are some of your favorite books that uh, listeners can kind of dive into? Frick, this is awesome. Human heart, cosmic heart by Thomas Cowan, fourth phase of water, Jared Pollock, um, Blue Mind is an awesome one. Talks about how our brain changes when we're surrounded by water or in water. Forest Bathing is another good one. But again, just like the neurochemical changes by just being around trees and being in natural environments. 
language of emotions is freaking unreal. If you really just want to understand what emotions are and what they're trying to tell you, uh, that one's freaking awesome for me. It's, it's integrated into a lot of what I teach with, with who I work with. Um, and if you want to go down a little bit like the science route, uh, going somewhere by Andrew Marino, he was studying as a, as a scientist researcher and a, and a lawyer in the 1980s. And he's got some real good stuff about just about how, like how really what science is and how it kind of operates and, you know, in ways it's good and in ways it can kind of be uh, a little bit tough. Awesome. That, that, that's a good list of books. You, you're one of the few that kept it a rapid fire round question. That was good. I'll see if we, can, we we'll stay with that. Next one. Uh, who's the guest that you think we should have on? That's kind of how you got brought into this whole mess yeah, and thrown on the fire, but who's the guest that you think we should have on to keep this uh, dark web of strength conditioning coaches rolling? <laughs> yeah. Well, shout out to uh, Dr. Dr. Alex Lee, man, the, the hang guy, uh, giving me the, giving me some love there. You know, I would say, uh, you know, I've heard great things about Brett Adams. I don't know. He's a lot of people say he's in the shadows a little bit. Um, I know some, so just some colleagues that I share a lot of ideas with that have mentioned him all, all the time. Um, you know, he's a, I would say a, a mind that should be, you know, explored a little bit and kind of what he's thinking about. Um, he's a, he's a good one. I don't know if you've ever had our, our coach Victor on up there in, in Rochester, want to get fast. He's the one guy, him and Dietz, you know, I, I saw Dietz speak uh, in person, you know, three or four times when I was working at Q's. he freaking blows your mind. And then it's like, well, you know, this, this, these rabbit holes, you know, can you keep, you know, going down these, these little rabbit holes and then you, you keep hearing kind of the same names. Right. And I kept hearing his name, Victor, Victor. I'm like, all right. And I'm like, I go, this guy's 90 miles away from me when I was living in Cuba. I'm like, I'm going, I'm driving this dude. Like freaking hop in a car, shoot down freaking I, I-90, show up at the gym. This guy was the man, man. He, he, you know, sat me down. He basically told me everything that, you know, he's working on, working with and, you know, how I can start learning more about what he's doing. Um, he's a guy freaking is so just diving into just, uh, you know, vestibular and, um, you know, CNS tricks in a way that can really ultimately uh, administer our performance in ways. Uh, and he's a guy, again, like he's, 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 <laughs> he's out there, but he's, he's got awesome stuff. Boom. I, the, the more out they are, more out there they are, usually the better. <laughs> usually right. the better the podcast it is. Yeah, so that's yeah. great. All right. Last question of the podcast. And this is when all the massage therapy stuff is over, when all these podcasts are over, all the strength conditioning is over. What do you kind of want your legacy to be? That's awesome because, you know, it's funny. Uh, my high school football coach said this to me when he pulled me up as a young 10th grader playing varsity. And uh, it was something that stuck with me, like, for the rest of my life up until this point. It even was on the back of our, our T-shirts, you know, a couple of years playing high school football. What, like, what is your legacy? And I've never forgot that in a way. And, uh, I mean, it's such a, it is a powerful question and, and, you know, preparing for this con, uh, you know, podcast, I had to think, kind of rethink it in a way. Um, but if I had to just boil it down to just a couple of phrases, it would be to, to really just open up your mind, you know, be an example for somebody that, that does that and to show people that they can and should, uh, to really just ultimately follow your heart. And sometimes, you know, I, I said, open the mind, but I didn't say follow the mind. Right. And, and I think that's a huge concept, right? Our mind can, can do great things, but we should follow our heart and we should lead and speak from our heart. Um, and, and to do that, right. To, to follow your heart, lead with your heart, be somebody that does that and, and be, you know, an example for somebody and people to, to do so, um, you know, and, and to, to be brave, right. And in periods of, of fear and unknown, kind of like, you know, what Jordan Peterson talks about is, 
you know, the, the chaos and the order and the chaos is, is such an unknown and it's fear, but fear doesn't ever go away. It's, it's having this sense of bravery and courageness and courageousness to kind of walk right up to fear and, and face it. And on the other side of that is an, an immense amount of growth and experience to, to be had. Uh, and ultimately just like continue to be creative. And I think that creativity is something that has led me to exactly what I'm doing now, just to continue to almost hunt out creativity and, and uh, amplify it in my own life and, and help people help others do the same. Because, uh, you know, it's a, that's a fun way to live your life is, is when you're being creative. Boom. Well, Coach, that's awesome. Thank you for being on. Appreciate it, man. Thank you guys for listening. Keep chopping wood. Thank you for listening. Join us next week as we dive down another rabbit hole. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a five-star rating. Follow us on Instagram at Austin Yoakum to stay updated on future podcast guests. Keep chopping wood.